When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Winning Cures Everything. Now for your hosts, Gary and Chris. Welcome in Winning Cures Everything. It is the Friday, June 18th podcast. I'm Gary. I'm Chris. And, man, do we have some stuff going on out west with our boy Herm. Herm Edwards, what are you doing, man? Like, got all these things. I mean, we were so excited about the Aztecs this year. And all Are we still sudden, not? I don't know anymore, man. Uh, Why not? Yeah, so, so you think something that happened with the NCAA might happen this year? No, no, no. Okay, no. then why are you not excited? I'm not excited because all of the articles and whatnot are talking about all the dissension inside of the coaching staff uh, that are – there's basically a division between some of the assistant coaches and some of the, the higher-ups, namely Herm Edwards, who Pete Thamel quoted as saying he is asleep at the wheel. And Antonio Pierce has gotten his faction of coaches together, and they are trying to overtake – the other coaches, it's just like this whole. That's mayhem. that's not good. That's yes, not good. That's not good. Like the, the NCAA stuff, that ain't coming for three, four years. Like we know uh, how this thing runs. Uh, three, four years. Well, it, it maybe longer. Maybe longer. If it, if it was basketball, it'd be ten. But yep. who knows? But because it's Arizona State, and not USC or somebody else, uh, I mean, they could get it done in three, four years. Who knows? Who knows? But uh, yeah, we're gonna talk about that. We're gonna talk about Dwayne Haskins. A little news out of the Pittsburgh Steelers camp that I was curious about. The new bowl game in L.A. We're going to discuss that and Major League Baseball because we did have our boy Taylor that uh, that put in a request to hear our thoughts on the latest stuff happening in Major League Baseball. So, let me go ahead and give you the, the spiel. WinningCuresEverything.com. I didn't do it on the, on the last podcast. I realized it when I went back and listened. WinningCuresEverything.com and SBRPicks.com slash NCAAF. Those are your spots. Where we have a college basketball, college basketball, Jesus. We have a college football show that comes out every Wednesday on SBR. You can go find it on YouTube, SBR Picks. Just search it out. Very easy to find. Comes out every Wednesday. Uh, had a lot of fun this past week. We were going over the best games and whatnot. And of course, the podcast. This is a podcast only show on Mondays and Fridays. Do us a favor and go ahead and check those out. Uh, subscribe. Leave a nice five star review. All that good stuff. Before we get all fired up and whatnot, Chris, have you had a, a easy, relaxing day? 
No, that's a fact. It's fine. It's fine. We can go on with the hey, show. It's you, good. You know what I saw? Uh, a little uh, off topic from sports and whatnot, but I saw that like the price of lumber is uh, is like dropping, like historically quick. Well, okay, historically quick meaning that it's never went up as high as, as high it as was, it was. Yeah. and therefore it's it's still substantially more expensive than it used to be. But yes, it is coming down. Well, that's that is certainly a good thing in in your line of work, right? Uh, it's weird. Um, if you want to get into the nuts and bolts of the construction business in the North Mississippi area and the Memphis area, um, what's going to happen is, is home appraisers have been appraising houses and evaluating houses with the higher cost, right? So if you built a house last month, your house got appraised, let's say 400 grand. Well, if the lumber prices go down, they build a house next month that house might only appraise for 375 grand exact same house like it what do you do for comps this is the weird thing like my house went up in value astronomically over the summer of i guess over the fall and winter of last year as soaring uh new construction prices have just gone through the roof in our area and uh and and it was a weird thing. I mean, I told my wife, unless we move, unless we sell the house, it's all fictional numbers anyway. Yeah, like it doesn't matter. My house could appraise for $4 million, but if it costs $4 million to buy the next house, then it doesn't matter how much this house sells for unless we're willing to downgrade, then we can't actually make any money off this, but the realtor will make a shitload. Um, so. <laughs> it's such a, a complex, diverse world uh that you yeah. that you work in <laughs> yeah i mean there's a lot of things that yeah. affect the new construction like market it, many of those things are manipulated which is you know political and whatever else and so you know it's just it's never it's never fun it's never good but it's been a good living for the last i don't know five six years uh all i can hope for is that we just keep this gravy train running you better believe it and and the one thing with it of course like most things i I guess same thing with life the only constant is change i mean everything yeah i've learned to be pretty flexible like that's one thing that i mean i can i i I say it all the time you know in life the only two things that i'm constant that i can make tomorrow is money and love that's it like there's there's no doubt in my mind that if my the economy goes down and my job goes completely away i'll find a way tomorrow to wake up and make money like it's just never been something i grew up poor and and not that we're like super well off but we're fine and we're 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 about as middle class as middle class gets and and i've never been afraid of going back to being poor so if I have a chance to swing for the fences and take a gamble, by God, I am not afraid to do that. That's a, one thing we are, you and I both are learning through uh, a couple of different podcasts and whatnot that we're listening to is the you can make more money. You cannot you make can more always time. make more. Can't yeah. make time. So that's uh, that's what we're trying to juggle here and there, which is why we're only doing three shows a week. You know, we we got to get this stuff done. But let's let's dive into the topics at hand. Um, I. Man, I think you and I could sit and do a show just talking about our daily lives all the time. <laughs> I don't know that anybody would want to listen to that, though. I don't know about See, that. That's the problem. I don't know, man. You you have a way of entertaining that, that I just cannot do. You, you're a very oh, good well, storyteller. So. I appreciate that. I do have stories. So, yeah, but you can you can talk about the, the uh, construction business and whatnot in a way 
that a guy like me who doesn't care well, at I all definitely, about it, I definitely can know. talk about it in a way that none of the people that are in the construction business with me can talk about it. You got that, that I right. know I can do. I walk <laughs> onto a job site and I instantly know I'm one of the smartest people on the, in the job site and I'm the funniest person on that job site. There's no question about both of those. Better believe that. All right, so, uh, so first topic of the day, sports-related anyway, Arizona State. They have got NCAA issues. The NCAA is investigating allegations of violations within the Arizona State football program. The school confirmed in a statement to ESPN. Uh, the spokesman did not specify what the allegations are in relation to, um, but sources told ESPN the potential violations are linked to recent recruiting practices and likely involve several Arizona State coaches. So if you read all the different articles that are out there and whatnot, there are... I don't know what the firm uh, violations are, but they were having kids on campus for official visits and meeting with them during the 15-month dead period. Now, I am 100% convinced that they are not the only ones that did this. <laughs> Absolutely, Absolutely not. Zero, there's 0% chance that they're the only team that did this. They, but However, they are the only ones that have been turned in, and I, it, it was either by their peers... Or there is a chance that it was by some of the coaches that are actually on the staff because some of these are Pete Thamel has a good article about, or it may not have been yeah. Pete Thamel's article, um, but Yahoo Sports has a good article. The Athletic has a good article, and they both like dive into this. And the way that they got their information was from people that were leaking it. They were former 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 assistants that had been let go and are jaded. And Pete Thamel talked about this on uh, the Yahoo podcast, and 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 I'm sure it's in the article documented um, that he never, never, ever, 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 ever have assistants been fired at places before and willing to sing the way the the assistants are. They they literally said he quotes. I'm waiting for the F, uh, the FBI, the NCAA to call. Like, yeah. like they're waiting for that call and they're excited to tell them everything that they know. That doesn't usually happen. Even when you terminate guys, they want another job. They understand that, you know, every place shade, you know, you know, shaves edges here or there and bends corners. And, and it's one of those things where you can't just, um, you know, dime out everything that happened because you got fired because then you'll never get another job. But this is a little different. This is, so you'll never get another job in college football. This is one of the issues with bringing in an all NFL bunch to come down to what they view as amateur. Uh, and, and I guess the NCAA wants you to think of it as amateur as well, but these are, these are big time organizations. Um, lots of money being thrown around. I, I don't like the idea. You and I were very high on Arizona State heading into this season. Yeah. And yeah. I don't know that I am because of the dissension inside the coaching staff. My, my question is, is the dissension still there or is this dissension on coaches that have been fired? Because this is only reports from coaches that have been fired. I'm going to take that with a grain of salt. It could be there. It could absolutely be there and this whole thing come collapsing down. Or, or this could be a bunch of coaches that all got fired that were a part of maybe some coup and they got, they got found out about it. 
See, I don't know yet. I, I know we don't know. That's yeah, the thing. We're speculating know. right now because yeah. we don't know the answer to that. So Antonio Pierce is the defensive coordinator and the recruiting coordinator and all that good stuff. And he's at the heart of of this mess right now. And he is, from what I have heard and from what I have read and whatnot, there is a group of people that back Antonio Pierce and there's a group of people that back Herm Edwards and that bunch. And they are not together. They are not in sync. And Antonio Pierce was up for another head coaching job and didn't get it and thinks that he should be the head coach at Arizona State instead of Herm because Herm is asleep at the wheel and et cetera, et cetera, right? Like, we were pumped about the idea of these NFL guys because they are all super smart. You don't get yeah. to coach. In the they NFL know how to not. do football. Yes. Like all the recruiting bullshit and all that stuff they don't know how to do, they know football. I guarantee you a an average NFL coordinator, assistant, coach, whatever, can out-scheme the majority. The majority now, college football is getting to the level of scheming that is that is the creativity that the NFL brings. But but when it comes to drawing up game plans, those guys know how to pick your flaws apart. Yes, yes they, they just do. know how to do it. Uh, John Wilner, and they know how to get the most out of their guys. Yes, yes. Uh, John Wilner, who does the Pac-12 Hotline for Bay Area News, um, he is he is Mister Know It All as far as uh, uh, John. Uh, uh, what's the other guy's name? Calzano, I think. Either way, Wilner is one of two people that has ties inside the Pac-12 that, that knows everybody. Wilner tweeted out just a little bit ago, it says, uh, he says, it says so much about the nature of the violations that two ADs, Barnes and Swarbrick, and one head coach, David Shaw, are willing to address the situation publicly. Uh, let's see, John Canzano tweeted out, uh, Oregon State AD Scott Barnes on the reports of possible NCAA violations at Arizona State. It's disheartening and disturbing with how I would categorize it if, and let me say if, what is out there turns out to be accurate. I think one of the issues now here... They're speaking to the they're speaking to the violations now, not the coaching turmoil. Correct, correct. They're, they're speaking to the violations. Um, let's see, he said... Da, 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 da. I thought there was more. There may not be more yet. So the, the whole deal here is out west, there are a lot of people that are fired up about the idea of you having people on campus and actually meeting with them in the middle of a pandemic when the NCAA stipulated you were not supposed to. In the SEC, that's just business, baby. That's just how that's you just do business. things. Listen, my, my argument to that, I wanted to get into that. We all, there, there, was an ex, there was a point of time where we all took the pandemic very seriously, okay? Yeah. And then at some point in time, we realize there's so much politicization of what's going on with the information we're getting. You basically have to just make your own decision of, look, I, I'm either going to go forward with life based on the the understanding of everything going on in my life, or I'm going to lock myself in a house. There, there, there is no middle ground. And and for for me to tell anybody one way is right and one way is wrong. I just refuse to do that. Um, and, and it's simply because I, I, nobody can definitively tell you any of the information is correct or not because it goes through a Washington bullshit machine and it comes out the other end. 
And if you trust your people, that's fine. But I assure you, whichever side of the aisle you, your people are on, they're full of shit and they're selling you something. Okay. So my argument for the people that are all sanctimonious and pompous about, I'm just so offended and appalled that they would do this during a pandemic. My argument is this. Did any major outbreaks happen? Did any of these kids get sick? Did any of these coaches get sick? Did anything bad actually happen in a medical situation of them doing this during a pandemic? Because if they did, then that's a serious, serious issue. If they didn't, they broke a violation that is a, a an NCAA rule, but it's not the rule of man. It's not the rule of law. It's not the rule. Of, these these sons of bitches that sit in Indianapolis or wherever the hell their office is and, and make rules and guidances, but they don't know anything from anything. All right. That I don't care if you broke their rule and I'm not going to come down on you because it, we were in the middle of a pandemic. Yes. And we, there was a lot of people that were afraid and, and there were extreme precautions taken throughout the sport. But at some point in time, these coaches realized these kids aren't aren't vulnerable to it. Okay. They're not susceptible to it. We we have these kids that are here in a locker room every day, and then they're going back to their dorm and living their life and doing whatever the hell they're doing. And they're all seem to be fine. So bringing these high school kids in can't be that big of a deal from a health risk problem. Okay. Yeah. We're not bringing Nana in. Okay. We're, we're bringing some 17 year old in who, well, who's, who's perfectly fine. So, so part of this is they brought in parents of the kids as well. Uh, the article was by Pete Thamel, so I, I you got a lot of sixty-year-old, seventeen-year-old parents. And not not very many, not very many. Okay, I'm gonna uh, bet most of those parents are forties and under, and they're and they're fine. Like yeah. I said, if any of them got sick from this, we have a problem, and you have a right to be upset. But the fact that they broke this rule because you were trying to protect everybody, but nobody actually got hurt. And you're upset like that's the thing that we we have the we have the beauty of of hindsight here i can't get angry at it because nobody actually got hurt so i'm i'm with you on that right i totally agree i i think this rule is ridiculous this looks like a minor offense to me it's not that i, big I agree uh it looks like somebody that took advantage of the situation where everybody else and we fully agree they're not the only team that did it they're just getting called out because they're also going through this weird coaching turmoil and that's how you get called yes um it says uh, an anonymous person sent a dossier of dozens of pages to the arizona state athletic department uh, it included um screenshots receipts pictures and emails related to numerous potential violations within arizona state's football program according to sources the ncaa enforcement staff is in possession of those documents sources told yahoo sports among the enforcement staff members working on the case is vic denardi an assistant director of enforcement and the arrival of those documents to arizona state compliance chief steve webb has asu officials conducting internal interviews uh arizona state vice president uh confirmed uh that whole thing uh, she declined further comment on specific allegations the documentation includes specific evidence of multiple examples of high school prospects taking illicit on-campus recruiting trips to the Arizona State campus. Those came during the pandemic-inspired dead period that ended June 1st. For more than a year prior, NCA rules explicitly banned players from visiting on campus because of COVID-19. The dossier, according to sources, lays out pieces of both the players' trips to campus and how those trips were paid for. So that's the other part of it, is they were paying for the trips as well. So they were official visits 
without being official visits, right? So uh, sources said members of the football program deliberately, blatantly, and consistently broke rules related to hosting players during the dead period, including Coach Herm Edwards meeting with the recruits. A source added that the evidence included pictures of the visits, including Edwards with a recruit who ended up enrolling at ASU. It's clear whoever provided it had a ton of access and knowledge of the football program. Uh, the stuff in there wouldn't be provided by anyone outside the football program. Uh, when asked specifically about meeting with recruits and parents during the dead period, Edwards said in a text message to Yahoo, no comment, thanks. Um, so on top of that, the let's see, David Shaw, uh, and so uh, there's all sorts of stuff in here about official visit weekends and yeah. they families were taken like by van they were piling like 12 people into a van and like touring the campus uh they said it wasn't a secret as far as uh knowing everyone who came into that football office the number is too big the names are too many they would bring in parents their moms and dads and friends they'd get a facility tour like they were on an official visit they'd show you the weight room training room they would show you everything um let's see this is just like an official visit. Yes. This is what's happening today at every campus. David Shaw said. So the only problem is, is this is being done during a pandemic and yes. the, and the masters of, of the universe, the, the leaders of the NCAA has said, you can't do this. Right. Yes. And, and that's and the only, it, that's the only thing they've done. And said it right in the middle of uh, like, they just made up a rule, like just yeah. made up a rule right in the middle of everything. Uh, it said it, or David Shaw, Stanford head coach said, it's a disrespectful thing to do. That doesn't sound overly harsh, but for me, being a lifer in this profession and coach's kid, I believe in respecting our profession and respecting the other people in the profession. Doing things that you're not supposed to do just to gain an advantage, I take offense to that. So David Shaw, like, I get that from him, right? Because he's at Stanford. There's a, only a certain type of kid that he can recruit anyway. Like, my, my issue is, is, is he offended that USC might might pay some players or UCLA or Oregon. These kids might get some bags of money in McDonald's sacks. Like, does that offend him? Because that's the exact same thing. Yes. I mean, or has Stanford never, advantage. ever, ever dropped a bag of cash to anybody? Because I, don't I let us find that out. Don't this is this is where I stand. And I'm pretty consistent. It doesn't matter the sport. It doesn't matter what you do. If you're gonna call somebody else a cheater, you better god dang well know Oh, your house is clean. That's yes. all I know. Because uh, if you got the balls to call somebody else a cheater, while yes. you're cheating, now I'm assuming Stanford's probably the cleanest of all of the Pac-12 schools. More than likely. That, 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 but the cleanest isn't perfect clean, okay? They've beat out some big schools for some top recruits in the past. It's happened. Yes, yes. Uh, Jack Swarbrick. Notre Dame AD said, if there was ever a time when everyone following the same rules was critical, it is now during a pandemic and during a time of such national scrutiny on college athletics. So along with that, they go through, there's too many disgruntled people. Um, it's, it, Pierce's power has, and so it talks about, uh, while Edwards operates as a mostly hands-off CEO, associate head coach Antonio Pierce has accumulated much of the power in the ASU program thanks to his recruiting reach. His rise to power has been enabled by Deputy Athletic Director Gene Boyd, who oversees football. With Pierce's power has also come division. As coaches have lost jobs, recruiting staff have felt pressure to blindly follow Pierce's aggressive tactics, and multiple sources said those who insisted on avoiding recruiting gray areas were ostracized. That's the SEC, right? If, if you ain't going to play dirty, like, Well, it's not just play. the SEC, though. This is a lot no, of schools, okay? Yes. There's a shitload of schools in the Big 12, in the Pac-12, in the in the uh, ACC, that, you know, the Big 10 that all do this. All right, this yes. is this is not – this is happening everywhere. 
Okay. The only caveat, the only thing that everybody continues to invoke is they did it during a pandemic. They did. We all agreed. No one's going to cheat during the pandemic. I just find I'm going to call bullshit on that. I think everybody was cheating during the pandemic. Yes, I 100% agree. The Big Ten changed the rules on COVID policy in the middle of a pandemic to benefit their conference. Yes. Think think about the money that they made by Ohio State making the national championship game. That's right. I mean, and it's, the it's Big ridiculous. Ten title. And what do you think the ratings would have been if it had been Indiana? Indiana against Northwestern does not do uh, the numbers that Ohio State against Northwestern no, did No, no. So everybody hoard themselves out to the almighty dollar. They all laid down, they spread their legs, and they took it in the ass. We, they all did it. Yes. They all did it. We've all changed rules and manipulated schedules and did everything they could do to benefit themselves during a pandemic. And they're going to they're going to shame. I'm not saying that ASU is free and clear. I'm not saying any of that. If they broke the violations, they broke the violations. You're talking to a guy that just does not respect the NCAA in any shape, form or fashion. And so their magic rules, they can take and shove it up their ass. That's, and if I, you broke that, I do not care. I, I just can't get upset. I feel the same way. I, I, I look at this as uh, it's a bunch of tattletales that are pissed off. Like, that's that's what it is. This is a seven-year-old yeah. uh, who broke his pencil, and the other guy wouldn't share his pencil, so he goes up to the teacher and complains about it. Like, this is this is ridiculous. Like, <laughs> And there might be some coaches with some legitimate beefs okay there might be some coaches that were fired wrongly and they are angry and they're justifiably angry and the things that they're saying are all true okay but i'm not saying this didn't happen i just can't get the fire to be pissed off at arizona state for doing something that i believe maybe not 80 percent of the teams did but i'm gonna bet half the teams had an unofficial official visit well i mean oklahoma and georgia were known for uh, getting their their kids, like their recruits, to come on campus and bring other recruits with them in uh, yeah. an unofficial capacity. But you're telling me there wasn't a single coach? There wasn't anybody that was walking them through? Now, there were some that, that found a way to, to skirt the rules by, like, you know, having them on FaceTime and That's walking right. them around. Hey, all right, now – Go go north about three hundred steps, and you're going to take a left and go. You know, there's there's no. ways around it. I guarantee that was all I'm in the public you. eye. Yes. But when they got when they got behind closed doors, these face to face meetings happened. Everybody did it. it I, I just don't believe it. I, if, if this is a lone wolf situation and they're the only school that did it, then then you can call me wrong. I'm still not going to be angry about it because I don't care. My issue is: is did anybody get hurt? If somebody got hurt, then then there's hell to pay because you took a gamble. You took a risk. You took a calculated risk with somebody's health in a situation in which we didn't understand the the full effects of this thing. We're far enough along through it to where we understand it. And we know that almost everybody that came on campus, everybody that probably came on campus was fine. Yeah, was fine. And everyone that left campus was fine. It's a I, I haven't seen a single person ask if everybody wore their masks. 
That's right. <laughs> nobody, nobody cares. They just, I can't believe they cheated. They cheated during a pandemic. Well, the next thing you know is we're going to have a recession and the economy is going to collapse. You, you cheated during an economic crisis. Like there's always some reason to just get angry at the other people when everybody's doing the same stuff. It's like this. Like, okay, was it in was it in January or February? Like yeah. when, when these kids were coming in, like were people vaccinated by that point? Like what, that's right. You know. Like these are questions that we need to know. If this happened in October, it's worse than if it happened in January. That's right. Yeah. Um, you don't know their medical history. You don't know what they got. <laughs> we found out through a uh, some some German study or whatever that if you caught COVID, your immune system is just as good, if not better, than if you were vaccinated. And so, what if these people had already gotten it before they got? Th- there. Yeah. They're they're healthier than everybody on campus now. hundred percent right. 100% I, I right. don't look like I don't pretend to be a doctor. I don't pretend to know what in the hell I'm talking about with the medical stuff. I'm just I'm just telling you that all the information that we have about this the the science, quote unquote, has gone through the Washington bullshit machine and it's either come out left leaning or right leaning. And it doesn't matter which aisle you're on. It you've been fed bullshit and you don't know the truth. I don't know the truth either, but I at least acknowledge the fact that I don't know it, but I understand enough to know this doesn't hurt high school kids. This ain't hurting college kids. If you're a 40 year old, healthy individual, it ain't hurting you either. And so going to do this visit ain't a problem. If you got 90 year old Nana, don't bring her because this actually hurts Nana. Yes. Yes, 100%. if you got surprise sixty three year old Nana, she's probably going. To be mine. This is the uh, this is, I guess, the political divide, right? Like, who's yeah. right? Like, is it the NCAA's right to shut down this? And, and I suppose it is. But, yeah, it's a right because the, it's, it's the presidents and the schools give them that power. Yes, no, absolutely. So it is what, their right. What I'm saying is, it, it's ridiculous for them to tell these students that they can't go you know, on campus and whatever. Like, yeah. everybody should be able to assess the risk and make your own decision. That's it. Like, and all of these people were comfortable enough themselves with going to Arizona State. It's not like Arizona State... Yeah, I don't think anybody forced them. These people. Yeah, they didn't beat them and drag yeah. them out of their houses and take them to campus. Yeah, they, they didn't round up a bunch of, you know, coyotes around the border and say, hey, go collect these folks and bring them here and show them our campus and then drop them back off in the yes. wilderness. I mean, like, they didn't do that. It's so ridiculous. So ridiculous. Heaven forbid they treat them to a five-star hotel and a and a five-star <laughs> dining experience and they show them a beautiful campus and a great facility and promise them a, a great education. Those sons of bitches. I tell you what. That's a, how dare they? All how dare money, they do that to them? All that money that they made from actually playing in the middle of a pandemic season, uh, yeah. they, they got to spend it on bringing recruits in and – Stocking how, them up at five star hotels. How dare they have the gall to give these people a nice weekend? Man, so the heart. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. 
Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. You better believe it. All right, let's move to the NFL right quick. You remember Dwayne Haskins? Uh, I had forgotten about Dwayne Haskins until you brought him up. I actually forgot that he was in the league, and now he's with your Pittsburgh Steelers. I would forgotten he, that until you told with me. The, and now, and now, don't get me wrong. Just because he's with the Steelers does not mean that I am all of a sudden He might a be the best quarterback on the roster, Gary. It's entirely possible. Um, there's, a, there's a world in which he's the best quarterback on the roster. It's possible, I suppose. I'm not going to argue that. What I am going to argue is <laughs> what he came out and said. This is the first time that he has spoken since he was released from Washington and then picked up by the Steelers. Okay. Uh, he said that he has one primary goal. This is an article by Book, uh, Brooke Pryor at ESPN. said he has one primary goal as he attempts to reboot his career with the Steelers. Quote, I just wanted to prove to the coaching staff and my teammates how much I love football. I'm grateful for the opportunity to be here and showing them that my mind is in the right place and I'm willing to work to be able to show my talents and be able to work and earn a spot here. One of the big things as to why he was cut from Washington after, what, a year and a half uh, after yeah. being a first-round draft pick is yep. it was widely circulated that this kid just don't love fo- uh, football. He, doesn't he didn't like want to work. Yeah. He doesn't want to work, and he doesn't want to follow the rules. So this was during a pandemic, and he refused to stop going to strip clubs or all these different things that were going to put him at risk uh, of spreading the virus or whatever. They were basically team rules, and, and he just – just was not going to follow him. Did not care. How are you supposed to prove that you love football? No, you can't You can't prove anything with words. You just go, <laughs> you show up every day. You show up every day and you go to work. And in about six weeks of you going to work every day and working your ass off and just doing the best you can with no distractions, no problems, no issues, and and you show them you care. The, the, the question's not just that he's got to show that he cares. It also has to show that he has the ability to be there. Yeah. Because in Washington, he wasn't good at all. Now, many of those uh, reasons why he wasn't good is he refused to, like, be capable of learning the playbook. So I don't know if that was a I didn't try or I'm not I, – I, he wasn't capable of it or, or what. But that's an issue. We haven't even seen if he is capable. How good is he? Yeah, I mean that that's the thing. So like, these are he, these are all question marks. He only started for one season at Ohio State, and and yeah. it makes perfect sense for him to have left to go to the NFL uh, to collect his paycheck, right? Yeah, like, cash that money, baby. Cash the money. I would. Hey, listen, I'd have done it. You holding a lottery ticket? Go. Yeah, yeah. Um, Especially because Justin Fields is coming in right behind you. Like, oh no, you know you're not starting in front of that guy. So you you may as well get out. But um, going to the Redskins, like this is one of those situations where the team you get drafted by, like it's a it's a pretty big deal, right? Because he had to go through a coaching change. He went through another offensive. Like he he had multiple different coaches in his time between Ohio State and Washington, right? He he went with Urban Meyer to Ryan Day to. Uh, God, who was there? Who uh, uh, who was the coach before Rivera? Uh, not Glazer. What was the guy's name? Oh, Jay. Um, Jay, Jay Gruden. Jay Gruden. Thank you. Yeah, yeah uh, Chucky's brother. Um, yeah. 
And then it goes to Ron Rivera. Like, he's been with four different coaches in, like, three and a half seasons. Like, it's ridiculous. So, I, I get, like, how he could get lost in, in the shuffle. But it, you have to show something in that time period to where you can earn, like, a, a second check. Like, it's not like that number 15 draft pick money is it, – it, don't get me wrong, it's life-changing. But compared to your second check, eh, you know. And, and to be so – so bad. And it's not that he was bad, bad on the football field. It's that he didn't do things in the locker room that he was supposed to. Well, and Jay wouldn't have started him if he wasn't told to. I mean, Jay oh, yeah. was explicitly told by the owner, this is who I want to start. So, Jay, you know. Yeah, Jay he, just said, he just okay, was not ready to start in the NFL. Like, yeah. he was not ready. Um, yeah, this is this is interesting. Um, you know, Roethlisberger said, I was just telling Coach Sully, that's Mike Sullivan, uh, the other day that his release and throwing motion mechanics are some of the prettiest I've ever seen. I uh, told him I wish I had prettiest that. Prettiest I've ever seen. That's, well, that's they might be better than yours, Ben, but oh, yes. I don't know yes. about the prettiest I've ever seen. Uh, he said, I told him I wish I had that. I joked that he could throw it through a car wash and it wouldn't get wet. Uh, in evaluating Haskins, Sullivan said he's been impressed with the Ohio State product's focus and discipline. Huh. Okay. Well, you remember a guy named Jamarcus Russell that could throw the football yeah. like 75 yards from his knees? Yeah, I remember that guy. Yeah, that, that doesn't always equate to a good quarterback. You're 100% right. 100% just right. Curious. So just I don't know if Ben knows that or not, though. Ben might not. Quarterbacking is pretty much all mental. No, I mean, there's a lot of – got to have physical yes, traits. You have and I do think he has some physical traits. He obviously is a big, strong guy, and he's got a cannon. I don't know how accurate that cannon is, um, but, he, but he's got an arm. Arm strength is not going to be his issue. It's going to be accuracy, the ability to read the defenses, the ability to learn the offenses. Like, like these are things that he's got to do to show that, that he can play in this league. But I just – I don't know, man. If you're already, you're starting basically your third year, and you're already having to just like prove like to people that you love football, like we and like if you're looking for your comeback story on year three of your career, that's that's probably not the career you're gonna like finish your life with. That's I I feel like coming out and saying it publicly, like I just need to prove to my teammates that, that makes I love it worse. Football. Yeah, I, I think it kind of does. Yeah, I think that makes it worse. Like, I don't know. Like, I think having the majority of America forgetting that you still play football and exist is better than coming out and, like, bringing attention to the fact that, oh, shit, you do still exist. How how did you get a second job? Like, I, it's just weird. It really is. Let's it, just wish him all the luck in the world. How about that? Yes, I'm. I'm game. I hope that. I'll be takes Ben Roethlisberger's shot. I, I want good things for. I want an embarrassing kid. end to number seven. Well. We all know that. Well, I want humiliation. It, it's coming. It's coming. The L.A. Bowl. Brand new bowl. Mountain West number one against the Pac-12 number five out in SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles. Has a new title sponsor. I'm so excited for this. Jimmy Kimmel. It will be Jimmy Kimmel's L.A. Bowl starting this year. That's right. And I am, I am shocked. Now it's an AB like the game is shown on ABC, yeah. And the Jimmy Kimmel show, of course, is on ABC. Uh, it is That's right. Like ESPN ABC. owns ABC, so it's it's well. ABC. I mean, all the bowl games are on yeah. ESPN. Yeah, yeah, but this is a this is a uh, uh, an ESPN owned bowl. You know, they they own like twenty yeah. something, twenty five of the forty two yeah. bowls or whatever it is. Um, so it's an ESPN bowl, and Disney owns all of this. So my my first That's thought right. is. So is 
ABC paying ESPN for the rights for the naming? Or like I, is this just think, Disney money I, being shuffled? No. I I I think I think Jimmy's paying for this. And I so think Jimmy's, Jimmy's gonna like run a, it. He's got his own production company and stuff, right? Yes. So like I, I think yes. this would no, be. No, he's coming. got big money. I think this is him. I really do. And let me tell you what I love most about this bowl. Let me tell you my favorite thing about this bowl. This will be the one bowl where nobody will try to shove sanctimony of college football down your throat. Jimmy will make it entertaining. He will make it funny, but it will be what it is, which is a side show. It is a football game yes. that they're going to try to make as entertaining as you could possibly be and be damned if anybody tries to bring the sanctimony of the sport out there on Jimmy Kimmel's football game. Kimmel said he won't have it. He said, this is not a joke. This is a real bowl game named after me. So mark your calendars. It's like an early Christmas gift for all of us. Uh, he said, never before has a bowl game been named after a human being. As far as I know, I didn't check. Uh, he said, on December 18th, my dream of being forever enshrined alongside orange, rose, cotton, and peach comes true. Like, <laughs> it's perfect. Absolutely perfect. Uh, I think Kimball's best work was probably on the man show back forever ago. That, so that's where, I mean, that's where I like found him. That's yeah. where I knew him from as a, as a younger, younger gentleman. And yeah, yeah. This is, uh, th does this not kind of, it's exactly what you were talking about. We're not going to be talking about the sanctimony of bowl season or, or of yeah. college football or anything like that with this, because this is a hundred percent. Like he said, this is not a joke, but in the broader sense of the term, it kind of is. Like, this is I mean, it's, it's not a it's not a joke to him because he's gonna he he's gonna put on a show. Yeah, I, I bet I bet from a performance standpoint, it's gonna be one of the best bowls put on. Well, I mean, this so this is replacing basically the Las Vegas Bowl and the, the Las or what was the Las Vegas Bowl, right? There's still a Las Vegas Bowl, but it's got different teams in it now. All that the Las Vegas Bowl is one of the first ones of the bowl season. It's on that first Saturday. It's <laughs> right in the middle of the day. And it's always a good time. Uh, we've seen Boise State against Oregon. We've seen San Diego State against uh, God Washington or something like that. I mean, we've we've seen some pretty fun matchups in this bowl game. I do think it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, but I thought it was going to be fun before it was the Jimmy Kimmel Bowl, and now. Uh, but the difference is, is you had some bowl director trying to to push down everyone's throat that that this bowl is important yeah. and it it matters in the ethos of history in college football. And and you're not you're just not going to get that. No, not not with Jimmy Kimmel. Not no. And I'm glad of that. I'm 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 very, I'm I'm excited for that. I too I won't agree. I want nothing but comedians to to take over bowls, all the, of them. The take over Rasher all of them. Joe Rogan get a bowl, right. and then and it'll be just nothing but dick jokes from from the start of it to the end of it. That's it. That's all I want. <laughs> I want people to see these people for what they are. Okay, what a, I'm okay with you having a bowl. You put on a show that I like to watch, and I'm going to watch it, but I don't like you thinking that you're making a better place for humanity when all you're trying to do is make your pockets as fat as humanly possible. Let's just, let's just call it what it is. It's just marketing, and that's fine. I'm not against that. What I'm against is this fake I give a shit mentality. Hey, let's, let's play a game right quick. Where, okay. where, like, which bowl would be best for Joe Rogan to uh, to sponsor? Like, maybe what Joe Rogan the Texas heart of, Bowl, the heart of Texas Bowl, or just yeah, the Texas I think bowl? I think I think if he took over the Texas, he's now in Austin. Let him take over yeah. the Texas Bowl. All right, what about uh, what about like the Burt Kreischer Bowl? 
Wait, the Burke Chrysler Bowl would have to be like a New Orleans Bowl. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're probably right. Like, it's got to be a crazy, stupid party city. Oh, what about like Boca Raton? Boca Raton wouldn't be bad for him, but I think Boca Raton's a little too classy for Burt. You might be right about that. Like, like if you saw a dude like Burt walk into a restaurant with his shirt off in Boca Raton, you'd be like, mm, that's a little iffy. Like, you go outside with that shit. But if a dude like Burt walks into a bar in New Orleans with his shirt off, he's just like, he's just going to be one of like nine dudes without a shirt on. <laughs> All right, what about uh, what about the Ron White Bowl? Oh God! I mean, he's from Texas too, so he'd have to. Yeah, but but we're gonna we're gonna push him to like a Kentucky Bowl that's gonna be sponsored by bourbon. Ah, uh, that that makes sense. Like he's gonna sense. do something with alcohol. Oh no, he's a tequila man. I can't do that to Ron. I don't I don't hey, know a bowl, bowl that's sponsored by tequila. I guess no, just, I don't know, Arizona. Arizona's known for tequila, but sure. Uh, uh New Mexico Bowl, desert. There you go. Yeah, there we go. We'll give Ron that. The Ron White New Mexico. He's got his own bowl. plane. He can fly from. From uh, or the from Ron, Texas to the Ron White Sun Bowl, yeah, that's the closest one to Mexico. Yeah, perfect. there you go. Uh, let's see. Well, I guess we might have to give that one to like uh, uh, what's uh, what's the guy's name? Fluffy or whatever. <laughs> we might have to give that to him. Uh, Which one? Let's see the uh, the Sun Bowl, like down in El Paso. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, let's see. What's it, what's his name? Gabriel uh, Iglesias? Iglesias. Yeah, that is Fluffy. That's, that's Fluffy. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, yeah. What? All right. So Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle gets the, the Motor City Bowl. <laughs> he's he's from Akron. I don't think that Akron has a bowl, no. but that's got to be the closest place that has a bowl, right? Yeah, I think so. I think All so. All right. He's a he's a he's a well. I mean, but you know what? He he like grew up in D.C., but I don't think D.C. has a bowl. Does D.C. have a bowl? No, no, they don't. They um, should. Yeah, they probably should. But I think I think the Motor City. You're talking bowl about a bunch of sanctimonious blowhards that think they're more important than they really are. <laughs> Jesus. Like you can't oh hit a golf God. ball and knock out a rich yuppie there. It's <laughs> overpaid and worthless as hell. I mean that that would be uh, what the Orange Bowl and uh, the Fiesta Bowl and whatever, right? So yeah, you know, yeah, the Rose um, Bowl, the Rose Bowl, the Rose Bowl. Dave, no, not Dave Chappelle's Rose Bowl. Who? Uh, no. God, who 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 would be a yuppie that? Uh, what's a, what's that new comedian that's out that uh, that just divorced his wife and? Was Dayton's uh, like Olivia Wilde? Right, now, now you're into the world, which I don't, I don't follow. Th- th- those, I don't know. Are, those are not my comedians. I don't know. Like if, like <laughs> if the Rose Bowl was going to have a different sponsor that was a person, I would think like it needs to be. This is going to be a little weird because Snoop is a USC guy. His son went to UCLA, so I think I can make it that Snoop should be like the ambassador of the Rose Bowl. And, and 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 we're just going to get rid of the word rose, and and it's just going to be the bowl, and and we're all the, the just going to smoke pot. <laughs> the Snoop Bowl. I'm in. I'm in with that. Everybody gets a bowl <laughs> with your bowl ticket. There you go. That's a good selling point. Everybody gets a bowl with your bowl ticket. Um, right. Let's let's close out the show. Let's. That's talk how about the scalpers it. used to do it, right? Yeah. I'm going to yeah. sell you this golf ball for two thousand dollars. I'm going to give you this ticket for face value at thirty five dollars. Hundred percent. Here you go. Hundred percent. Here you go. Let's let's close out the show with the Major League Baseball talk. Okay. Ten game suspension for pitchers that are found to have a sticky substance uh, that they are using to throw the football. I mean, the baseball, excuse me. The baseball, yep. Um, And chain sports on us. Chain sports, yes. Um, I am against this. Now, I'm I'm for it overall. I am not for it immediately because you, the change that you have to make 
between um, between throwing the ball with something that actually gives you grip as opposed to just a new shiny baseball. Which you know, it's you're not a new shiny baseball. Yeah, you're gonna scuff it up and whatnot, but I, these baseballs are rubbed down massively. Yeah, but you've only got a certain amount of time before games to be able to do it. Like these are not. No, you baseballs. don't do it. The rum, the umps rub them up. Right. They're rubbed up. So you're you're leaving this up to the umpires. Like, but the, the, listen, a, a baseball in the major leagues is rubbed up pretty good. Okay, so it sounds to me like you and I are on different wavelengths on this. Oh, we're we're definitely um, on different wavelengths. So Tyler Tyler Glasnow is the one that kind of changed my mind on it because he he actually hurt himself when he stopped using a sticky substance and came back and tried to throw the ball without it. Right. This is this is once again you're confusing causation with correlation yeah, no, okay no, no, no. yes kidding. yes he hurt his arm after he stopped using uh, a sticky substance okay i w- i'm gonna tell you that i've seen enough pitchers go down with tommy john to know that if you throw hard enough long enough you're eventually gonna need tommy john you're gonna eventually tear your uc joint and you're gonna end up getting tommy john i to say that this is the reason why uh, we're talking about grip. Okay. We're yeah. talking about all this thing does is supposed to help you get a better grip on the baseball, but go grab a baseball and try to throw it. All right. It, it's the grip is not going to affect anything. Okay. It's going to affect how much you can make a ball move, but it's not going to make your, your what you do with your arm. Isn't going to change. It's just going to mean you can put more pressure on the ball to make it actually do what you want it to do. All right. You can make it move and you can make it dance with the sticky stuff, but the motion of throwing the ball with that shit on your hand should be no different. These guys have been picking up baseballs and throwing them since they were in little league. Most of them since they were five or six years old. Okay. It wasn't until the last three or four years that they started putting real sticky shit on their balls. Okay. Yeah. All right. And, and, and to tell me that you've lost the ability to pitch without cheating without putting this shit on there and that's the reason you got hurt How, why the hell didn't you get hurt in college ball or get like rookie like all these other things that you did up until the majors when you when your spin rate went through the roof which is the last three to four years what what happened before then you didn't know how to pitch then that's that's insane. And and the other part of that I, I want to address is it's, it's not just Tyler, by the way. This is I think that's a bullshit excuse. OK, but somebody please, please go listen to Garrett Cole's excuse, like for his terrible outing after he finally had to stop using the sticky shit. All right. Got lit the hell up and he's crying in the dugout, basically begging reporters to take it easy on him because he he's he he this is new and this is hard and this is I'm used to doing it this other way and and you shouldn't hold me to this other stand I'm thinking holy shit dude he he actually said I was I was having a hard time gripping the ball because it was windy out yeah he, Wait a he minute. made it he made it significantly worse on himself Wait a minute way what? worse what the fuck does the wind have to do with you gripping a baseball? Are you that fragile? Are you that uh. frail? I can't. I'm not defending any of these guys. I'm hurling them all out the bus. You bunch of crybabies. You bunch of bitches. Listen, we're not doing this. Okay. We're not. All right. 
People have been back in the day. They put spit on the ball. It was a spitball. All right. They put a little spit on a little talc and, and they were able to do stuff with the ball. Now you're putting this tack on there and literally you can put it on your hand, stick it on a cement block and pick your hand up and the cement block comes with it. All right. Woe were the days that they were using spit and talcum. Yeah. All right. Yeah. It's it's a little ridiculous. I'm, you can I'm still use a rosin bag. You still got plenty of sweat from yourself to reach up a lather and get a grip on a baseball. All right. I, I pitched in high school. I wasn't good in Little League. I wasn't good. I threw strikes. People hit me out of the yard, whatever. I did have a little bit of movement on the ball. Not a lot. I wasn't great. I'm not claiming to be great. I'm going to tell you, I've I've never once not been able to throw a baseball. Now, to say I can't throw it and not make it move without this shit, well, that's on you, bro. That's on you. When you played college ball, you had a hell of a, a, a of a curveball, and you weren't using this shit. When when you played, you know, rookie league ball or or, or whatever, you if you came straight from high school, you weren't using this shit. So how the hell did you make the ball move before then? And if you've forgotten how to pitch without it because you've been using it for so long, and now you're just a product of this goo. And you're and you're not actually a good pitcher. Shame the hell on you. The yeah. Yankees still got seven years and like two hundred and something million dollars to pay. Congratulations, hell of a contract, boys. I better believe it. So now here's the thing: is they can go and uh, you know they can they can go and buy another one because there is no cap. You know they can do whatever they need to. Uh, did you see the breaking news just a few minutes ago? Rick Carlisle. Yes. Yeah, Rick Carlisle leaving the. Uh, Dallas Mavericks. Um, yeah. What a – and I haven't read the story, but, I mean, it's been 13 years. That's a pretty damn long time. Uh, that's a, a that's coach. a long time. I like Rick Carlisle. I think Rick Carlisle is an unbelievably good coach. But I think he's still got two years left on his deal. I don't think he could go coach anywhere else for two years, right? Unless, Mar- like, uh, Mark Cuban just, like, waves him and, and forgives it, right? Yeah. I don't know how the coaches' contracts work in the NBA. He's he informed Mark Cuban while when we started. I got that alert um, that that he's going to be walking away. That has to be for retirement. But, but he's not that old. He's. Uh, I mean, he has been a coach for a long time. Well, he's been a coach um, for a long time, but he's not that old. I think he got started young. If he's old, he's like Pete Carroll old, which like he looks ten years younger than he is. Let's see. Rick Carlisle is 61 years of age. I would have um, guessed late 50s or early 60s. He has been coaching. Uh, let's see. He was an assistant starting in 1989. So, yeah, but a guy started as assistants really young. I don't care about that. When did he uh, get his agreed, first head coaching job? I mean, we're ta- his first head coaching job was 2001. So 20. Okay, years. so he's been coaching for 20 years. Um, you know, that's I, a long I, time, by the way. That's yeah. hey, that's a career. That's fine, and he's made enough money. He's fine. I'm just I curious. Like, look at look at Bob Stoops. Look at uh, 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 Chris Peterson. Those guys. You know. Yeah. You eventually just. I do like Carlisle, and I've always thought he's a great. And tell me this, dude. You're walking away from one of the best young players in the game right now. That that's that's a guy. There's no way you leave wanting to coach another team when you got Luka Doncic that you get to build around and groom. It, it does make you wonder, though, because uh, this was just the day after their uh, president of basketball ops, Donnie Nelson, uh, left. So, yeah. you know, it. it I, we say that he left. Uh, Donnie Nelson, I think, was was let go. 
But I was about to say, I don't know that his I don't know if he was his contract was up and they just didn't renew it or if he got fired. It was or if he quit. I just know that he's not with the team anymore. So but I it, I wonder if that had something to do with it and I don't you know, think so. Carlisle been there a lot longer than that guy, unless Carlisle brought him in and it's possible. you know. That, that that's a relationship like I know I can't begin to try to report on. I'll have to wait and, until the folks that actually report on this shit yeah. um, tell us what happened. Yeah, it's uh, it's very. I like Rick Carlisle a lot. I do though. too. I, I think do he's too. a great coach. Great um, coach. But yeah, he's he's still got years left on the deal. So like it, this is yeah, there's two there's two years. So this is not a situation where he can just walk away and then take he was sick of cuban or something like that and i'm gonna go take another job yeah this i is, can't imagine uh, that's happening this is something else this something is something else. else entirely uh as far as u.s open goes uh you know bring it up russell henley is in the lead as of right now but uh oh, yeah, we're, right there we're not even in the full we're not even a full day into the first day yeah. uh xander Xander showing up. What's up? No, I don't. No, once again, no, <laughs> nothing matters until Saturday. No, you're uh, you're 100 percent right about that. Uh, hey, I will say this: it's out in uh, La La Jolla, California, and it is 65 degrees there. Yeah, it's beautiful. That is not bad. Yeah, it, it looks nice on TV. I can get down I with bet that. It is. It's pretty. So it's uh it's not bad here. It was 105 degree uh, heat index last week, but either way. All right. Uh, is there anything else breaking that you've seen? No, that 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 was the one thing that broke that I was waiting on you to say. Has anything broken? Yep. That uh, I think that's it. That is it. All right. Let's go ahead and dive out of here. You guys have been fantastic. Thank you for listening to the show. If you made it this far, God bless you. God bless you. Share the show out. Tell a friend about it. Of course, leave a nice five star review. You leave a uh, a written review. We gonna read it on the show. So we will knock that thing out. Um. I think that we might have a guest on Monday's show, but uh, but I don't know yet, and I don't have a time, and I don't know how we're going to do it, but we'll figure it out either way. So, uh, with that said, you know, we'll we'll figure all this stuff out. We'll we'll go from there. So, uh, if if it happens, it'll be Parker Fleming, uh, Stats of War on Twitter, and he is awesome, college football analytics guy incredibly smart human being he's an academic he teaches classes he's you know all this kind of stuff and he knows his stuff uh so hopefully we can get that thing done uh and i'm, I'm confident that we'll get it done which is why i'm actually talking about it so tune in for the monday podcast share this show out tell your friends again and leave a nice five-star written review we will read it on the show go to sbrpicks.com slash ncaaf that is your one-stop shop for college football gambling content and we do a college football show over there. You can find it right there on the website. Easy to do. Uh, Chris, I think that is it. So, with that said, uh, let's uh, let's dive out of here. You guys take care of yourself. Take care of each other. Hopefully, all your tickets cash this weekend. Thanks for checking out Winning Cures Everything. If you want to keep up with us, hit subscribe on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. Visit the website at winningcureseverything.com. Or you can like us on Facebook or follow us at Winning Cures, at GaryWCE, or at Giannini on Twitter. Share out the show, leave a nice review, and make sure to comment and tweet at us. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.